are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, downmyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, on today's show, we got to talk about Luke Weaver's brilliant start last night. So we'll recap last night's game against the Marlins. Then I want to talk a little bit about Ketel Marte's uh, return nearing soon. I want to talk about Paven Smith. And how he's played this year. And then I want to wrap up the pod with a little uh, D-backs roundup. And just check in on our stats so far through the season. Team stats, individual stats. Just kind of a refresher. I think it's always fun to look at numbers and see how the guys are doing. So we'll do that. All that on today's pod. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Rock Auto. Because this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, let's jump right into it. Let's first talk about last night's game because Luke Weaver was absolutely phenomenal last night. I mean, he made it through 6.1 innings pitch, 6 strikeouts, no earned runs, no walks, which was a big one for Luke Weaver. He didn't give up that many hits either. Only four hits. Luke Weaver was efficient last night. Made it into the seventh inning. And only threw 75 pitches through seven or through 6.1 innings. So Luke Weaver, Luke Weaver looked good last night. His ERA dropped all the way down to just a five. And we talk a lot of, about Luke Weaver and can he survive with just two pitches? The fastball, the changeup, well, that's what he was able to do last night through 75 pitches total in just 6.1 innings pitch. And guess what? 67 of those, I believe. Let me see. 45 plus 22. That's 67. So 67 of 75 pitches thrown was either fastball or changeup. He threw seven cutters and one curveball. So the batters knew what was coming and didn't matter. Luke Weaver's fastball last night was uh, an A++. I mean, it averaged around 94 miles per hour. He was just painting the corners with it and just blowing it past dudes. Uh, looked really confident out there on the mound and was working quickly. I mean, if you watched Luke Weaver last night, he was working quickly through those counts. Get the ball back to him quickly. He wasted no time in it. And it seems very reminiscent of what's been happening with Madison Bumgarner. Wasting no time. Let's just go out there. Let's pitch. Don't want to put too much overthinking into the atmosphere. Don't want to try to, you know, think too many about too much about scouting reports and the advanced numbers. What do they tell me to do in this situation? Weaver knows the only he's gonna go to do, go to two pitches. So 
And so whatever he's feeling in that moment, whatever the catcher and him decide to do on a specific pitch, a play, and that's what Luke Weaver was doing last night, throwing his pitches with confidence, pitching on the mound with confidence, and then trusting his stuff. And he's had a lot of trouble with command, but the fastball was in supreme command last night. He had no three-ball counts last night. Think about that. Faced 22 guys, no three-ball counts. He only had five two-ball counts on the whole night. So this guy was working quickly through pitches. And we know how good he can be because in his two wins this year, including last night's, that's 13.1 innings pitch. Only five hits with a strikeout to walk ratio of 14 to 1 with one earned run allowed. But over his last 17 innings, which have been a big struggle, and that's not including last night, last 17 innings, which were losses for Luke Weaver, 17 runs over those 17 innings. So when he's winning games, he's looking like arguably the best pitcher in baseball. When he's not winning games, he looks like Madison Baumgartner 2020 version, or you can even say Luke Weaver 2020 version. So right now, he's a little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You really don't know what you're going to get with Luke Weaver because Luke Weaver on is a damn near no-hitter uh, away. It seems like every start he has now when he's on, but when he's off, he's giving up home runs and giving up like six runs a game. So uh, we need to see more consistency from Luke Weaver, of course, Build on this momentum. And after last night's game, Luke Weaver had a lot of talk about motivation and being confident and just having a mindset that you're going to go out there and you're going to win. And Luke Weaver looked, you know, not very confident a lot of times on the mound when he was losing. But last night, it looked like a different beast on the mound. So this guy, Luke Weaver, we always say he's got the stuff. But can he survive with just two pitches? Well, when he's locked in like that, when your fastball is hitting 95, 96, and you're getting it by guys, and then you got that changeup that has great variance in speed, and you can hit the bottom of the zone with it, uh, make dudes buckle at the knees with it, then you got a pretty nasty two-pitch combo. Maybe you can survive with that, but it seems like it's all going to start with Luke Weaver's mindset and his command for these starts. But let's talk about the offense a little bit because it has been struggling, especially in that series against the Mets. But we got some good highlights last night. Paven Smith went two for four, even robbed a home run to end the game. We're going to be talking about uh, talking more about Paven Smith in the next segment, but he's been killing it this year. Carson Kelly had a double last night. David Peralta, he was struggling on that road trip, one for 18, but two for four last night, including a triple where he didn't look like freight train rounding those bases. He looked like Lightning McQueen. Ka-chow! Yes, that was a lame joke. Uh, Christian Walker's been struggling. He drove in a run, but there was still, you know, the D-backs got five runs, but they still had some concerns, some normal D-backs things. Bases loaded, no outs in the first, only able to get one run out of that after a fielder's choice and then a, a inning-ending double play, but they made up for it in the third inning by uh, being in the same situation again, bases loaded, no outs, and Cabrera was able to get a two-run double in that situation. So offense able to come through just enough. Five runs is more than good enough to win a ball game. Joaquin Soria, we saw him last night. He did not look good. Started off the inning with a leadoff triple, got the next two outs, and then gave up a two-run bomb. And they even gave up a single after that, just for good measure, just to, just to let you know that he's not locked in tonight. But able to get out of the inning. Stefan Crichton shut it down, picked up the save. We even saw Taylor Clark last night. So overall, great game from the D-backs. Uh, we were at Joaquin Soria. 
inning away from having a complete game from the pitching staff, but at least no one gave up the lead. D-backs moved to three games below 500, and by the time you're listening to this, I'm guessing this tonight's game is already on. Mass and Bumgarner on the mound. So he's been on fire recently, his last few starts. This has looked like... Honestly, like 2015 Madison Baumgartner, he looks to be back in his bag. He looks to be on top of the world again, and he's doing it not the same way he used to be, but he's starting to get that little Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw on him where, you know, it's a lot about varying speeds, even though you don't have that upper echelon fastball, and just being smart, picking your spots and locating all the cliches we like to say. So I really like Madison Bumgarner, and I'm excited to watch his start tonight because it's 6.43 p.m. at the time of me recording. But we're going to be talking about Paven Smith and his impact on the D-backs this season. But first, I want to talk to you guys about sports trade because have you guys heard about sports trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robinhood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to their platform, so check it out today. Making money with sports trade is simple as player value rises and falls based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who always is a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like a stock. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new way of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma good money spending account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. 
No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's discuss a little Paven Smith because this guy has been rock solid for the D-backs this season. He has not been a superstar, but he's been way better than I think a lot of people uh, would have expected entering the year because I like Paven Smith, uh, of course, friend of the pod. I liked him entering the season because I thought he had a pretty good 2020 uh, season, to be honest. He was a good contact hitter, and he made a lot of positive plays in the field and at the plate. And when looking at some of his numbers, you would be surprised some of the numbers that Paven Smith is carrying around because as a leadoff hitter this year, which Paven Smith has done a lot for the D-backs, he's been pretty effective as a leadoff hitter for the D-backs. When he's batting, just leadoff, primarily leadoff, he's got a 300 batting average and an 861 OPS. This guy is crushing it when he's batting leadoff. And this dude is also high-key pretty clutch because his numbers between innings 7 through 9 is actually pretty phenomenal. He's got a 314 average during that time with an 854 OPS, so batting leadoff. Inning seven through nine, that dude is going to come through for you. Paven Smith has been clutch for the D-backs this year. And, of course, the knocks on him entering the season was, does he have enough power to play first? And we've seen him mostly as an outfielder this year, but he has power in a different way because his power doesn't come from home runs. It comes from just hard contact because Paven Smith leads the D-backs in a hard hit percentage According to according to Statcast, at forty seven point four percent, so no one hits the ball harder on average than Paven Smith. On average, over fifty percent of the time, he's hitting the ball ninety five miles per hour or better. And when you look at some of his percentile rankings in the sport of baseball, in terms of expected batting average, eighty first percentile, seventy eighth percentile in hard hit percentage. Uh, some of the other numbers are pretty impressive for Paven Smith as well. And the reason why he's able to be such a quality hitter, such a good contact hitter, is because he's covering the whole plate with his at-bat. Because among all the D-backs, Paven Smith is second to just Ketel Marte, who hasn't played in a long time, of course, in contact percentage. When the ball is on the plate, in the strike zone, out of the strike zone, he makes contact with the pitch 84.5% of the time. This guy is a contact machine Paven Smith has been a stud this year and maybe not a stud in terms of an all-star but what the D-backs expected from him this guy's turned into a pretty solid outfielder and we saw it again on display last night defensively he's been good this year he's actually been above average his outs above average according to baseball reference ranks him in the 85th percentile that's low-key great according to baseball reference this guy can not only do with his at bat and again it's not like he's smashing home runs but he's giving you that hard contact his average exit velocity is pretty good for someone who you don't consider to have a lot of power this guy is actually uh making good contact and he's able to cover the whole plate his average exit velocity in 2021 is 88.4 miles 
per hour. That's above, uh, that, that's higher than what it was last year, only 86.6 miles per hour. And its hard hit percentage was 29% last year, 47.4% this year. So uh, th there's still some work to be done with Paven Smith. You probably want to get his launch angle improved. And you do probably want to see him hit a few more home runs. But really, I'm not worried about the home runs with Paven Smith. His still traditional numbers aren't still eye-popping. A 269 average right now is solid. That, that's a solid average. But the 310 o OBP needs to be higher. He needs to be closer to what he was last year at 341. But realistically, I think he needs to be around 360 if he does want to be a first baseman. But if not, I think he's absolutely fine actually being an outfielder. Now, the only issue is, uh, do the D-backs see him as an outfielder for the future? Because... Listen, we don't know how long Ketel Marte is going to be playing center field. If you assume Ketel Marte is a center fielder for the next, what, four to five years if they don't move him back to second, uh, that makes it tough for Paven Smith because you still got David Peralta in the outfield. He's assuming uh, going to be around for the next few years. So that's already two spots locked up. I don't consider Cole Calhoun a guy uh, long in the tooth, or is it the other way around? But I don't expect him to be around for the next five years because he's already uh, getting close to his mid-30s. He's like 32, 33. And just the way, you know, his play style, his body, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be playing a long time in baseball, considering when that power starts to go down, he's not like a great hitter or anything like that. But the D-backs have a pretty loaded farm system uh, with outfielders. If you haven't seen, Corbin Carroll is killing it right now in the minor league. So that could be the reason why Paven Smith gets kicked out, is if one of those outfielders, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, kick him out. But maybe he can be the first baseman of the future. Christian Walker, uh, he's around 30 years old, and he's been struggling this year. Maybe the D-backs want to get an upgrade there. They still have Seth Beer in the minor leagues as well, but until they bring a DH to the National League, we might not see a lot of Seth Beer because that dude just has a DH run all over him when you talk to Arm Layton or any scouts. He is atrocious defensively, allegedly, but the dude smashes it on the minor league level. So we'd love to see him as a DH. And I think that could be a nice counterpart with Haven Smith, who is not a masher, not a home run masher. But if he could be a 300 guy with 360 OBP and just have a lot of gap power and still make tremendous plays defensively, then I think he can stick around and be an everyday player. But I just wanted to shine some light on Paven Smith because I think this guy has been Low-key pretty good for the D-backs, especially as a leadoff hitter. He's provided some juice at the top of the lineup, and I don't think we give him enough respect. But let's check in on a few more D-backs players and see their stats. But before that, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's look at some D-back stats. Let's first start with some team stats and see how they did after that road trip because the D-backs team stats uh, definitely took a little bit of a hit, at least when it comes offensively. Pitching-wise, they might have actually done better, so let's take a look. D-backs are now sixth in the National League in terms of average, right behind the Cardinals, and the D-backs have an average of 235. Their OPS, the D-backs OPS, is fourth at 720. That was higher before the road trip. In terms of home runs in the National League, the D-backs are now tied for fifth after being in first place and how about run scored they were both they were top three in home runs they were first in run scored entering the road trip they're now third in run scored which is still pretty remarkable considering how much they struggled on that road trip 167 that's how many runs scored they have dodgers then first at 174 so about seven runs behind the dodgers and i think they can catch them but how about the team pitching team era 468 13th in the national league uh, in terms of, let's see, let's go to strikeouts. The D-backs are 10th in the National League at 288 strikeouts. And opponent batting average D-backs are 14th, 255, ahead of the Rockies at 270. So they're way ahead of the Rockies. Uh, Braves are next, or I should say one spot ahead of the D-backs at 252. And then let's look at home runs allowed, the last one, because the D-backs are still bad at this. Second in the National League at home runs allowed at 46. So the pitching is getting a little bit better offensively. Took a step back a little bit. But if Bumgarner can continue pitching like this, we already know what Zach Gallen could do for us. Luke Weaver, can he build off this momentum? Uh, any day Raleigh Smith starts as a wild card. So there's some upside still with this D-backs rotation uh, to improve their overall pitching staff. The bullpen, I, that's really where uh, I could see the upside with the rotation, but the bullpen is where I'm lost. I don't even care what the bullpen numbers are because I actually think uh, last time I looked at it, I haven't looked at the bullpen ERA too recently, but last time I looked at it, it was actually better than where your eye test might have told you. But I don't care because my eye test tells me the bullpen is not very good, but Let's look at some individual player stats. Carson Kelly still killing it. 324 average, 1083 OPS, which has been falling a little bit. Still six home runs, more walks and strikeouts, 20 to 16. But some glaring numbers here. Christian Walker batting 197 on the season, 543 OPS, six walks compared to 16 strikeouts, one home run, two doubles. Eduardo Espar still struggling this year. Yes, he has more home runs than last year. Seven home runs this season, but 11 walks to a team high 29 strikeouts, 215 average, uh, OPS of 713, which is greatly helped out by his 438 slugging because his OBP is only 275. Nick Ahmed hasn't gotten it going. 198 average, 481 OPS. Not too good for Nick Ahmed. Cabrera. Actually has some surprising numbers. A 265 average, 382 OBP, and an 813 OPS. Three home runs on the year. 19 walks. One walk behind Carson Kelly for the team lead. Uh, David Peralta batting 270, 803 OPS. I thought that was pretty nice to see. Uh, Paven Smith. 269 average, 755 OPS we mentioned. Josh Rojas. He's been on fire recently because remember the the... Poorest start to his season, couldn't really get it going. Well, he's batting 280, 361 OBP, 872 OPS. This guy's been on fire recently, five home runs on the season. 
Sills, 25 strikeouts. You need to improve that area, but 11 walks. He's been improving there. Josh Van Meter, this guy's been struggling all year at the plate. 145 average, 542 OPS. So he might be a guy we got to, you know, maybe option like we did with a Wyatt Matthewson. But let's take a look before we wrap up the pod at the pitching staff because the D-backs pitchers this year we know have been up and down. And the same can be said when you look at their ERAs right now. If you had to guess who has the worst ERA in the starting rotation, who would you say? I would give you guys one second. Okay, your second is up. The D-backs pitcher with the worst starting ERA is actually Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly is a 5.4 ERA, 38 innings pitched, 6 home runs allowed, 23 earned runs allowed, 30 strikeouts, only strikeouts per nine of seven, where walks per nine of 3.3. He was so good at not walking dudes last year, not as good this year. Bumgarner's guy's ERA down to 491, so we're moving somewhere with Bumgarner. Strikeouts per nine at 9.8, which is pretty solid. Walks per nine at only 2.5, so that's pretty good. Hits per nine at 7.4, so some of the Bumgarner numbers are starting to get pretty good. Luke Weaver has an ERA at five now, so even he is below Merrill Kelly. Uh, strikeouts per nine, 8.8. Walks per nine at 2.8. Uh, six home runs allowed, too. Bumgarner has five home runs allowed. Zach Allen, an ERA of 304, 26 innings pitch. Strikeouts per nine at 10.8. Now, the biggest issue for him, walks per nine, 4.7. Uh, he's walked uh, as many batters this year as Merrill Kelly, uh, and that's at 14. Both of them are tied for the team high in walks. Uh, Riley Smith this year, 4.85 ERA. He's been all right. Strikeouts per nine at 4.2. Walks per nine at 3.1. Only allowed two home runs on the season, which is pretty good. Taylor Widener, though, had a 2.82 ERA before going down. If you look at the bullpen, uh, the bullpen has not been good. Caleb Smith has the best ERA out the bullpen at 3.48. Crying second best at 3.97. And then after that, everyone else in the bullpen is above a 4. Taylor Clark, 4.67. Alex Young, 4.05. Kevin Ginkle, 4.5. Matt Peacock, 6.1. Yoan Lopez, 6.3. JB Braskakis, 8.1. Davinsky, 7.5. Joaquin Soria, 9.8. So D-backs pitching can definitely use some improvement. Not a lot of guys there with low ERAs, but still the rotation looks like it's moving in the right direction even though the bullpen is moving in the opposite direction i'll rather have good starting pitching than a good bullpen because i can always throw a complete game with my rotation uh, if i have a bad rotation i'm going to be seeing a lot more bullpen members and they're going to have to take on bigger roles and that's not always good for those bullpen guys so i'd rather have a good rotation than a good bullpen anyway now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Biskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport to help with our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to come back tomorrow for the best Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll cover Mass and Bumgarner's start, of course. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!